Well, hey everyone, welcome to this season of the Gather Influence podcast. You're invited to join us in catalytic conversations designed to connect, equip, and mobilize you to be empowered to influence your world for Jesus Christ. I'm Kathy Ostapchuk. And I'm Rebecca Doner. And in this season seven of our podcast, we are having some incredible conversations with ordinary, extraordinary women who are doing all the things as they live and lead with kingdom purpose all across this great nation. So settle in and get ready for a season full of episodes that are unlike any you've heard before. Every episode brings vulnerability, real women sharing real life experience of how they're caring with clarity all the things they are called to and how to know what to let go of and when. This is your invitation to you, ordinary, extraordinary women in the middle of your lives to rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. I want to give a shout out to our stunning season seven podcast sponsors, Compassion Canada, whose mission is to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. We encourage you to consider the opportunity to interrupt poverty with hope and sponsor a child. And now enjoy this episode of season seven of the Gather Influence podcast, All the Things. Here we are in season seven of the Gather Influence podcast, and we are talking to various women across the country about all the things. And one of the questions that often comes up is, should I be doing all the things? Is there one thing I should be doing? You know, what's my one ultimate purpose? And we tend to feel some guilt or some shame if we can't like figure out what that one thing is. But the reality is, is that many of us carry more than one thing. And my guest today, Bonnie Pugh, who many of you will know just because she is an amazing woman in our country, but she's been connected with Gather for a long time. And she is on the West Coast. And it, as we record this, it is quite early, 6.30 in the morning, Bonnie's time. So she is that amazing to make this time um, to encourage you all. So welcome, Bonnie, to the podcast. Hello, and thank you for having me. I'm not going to lie. I definitely use concealer, under eye concealer this morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not going to lie. I mean, the truth comes out. So we've known each other for a while and I've just watched in amazement. We've shared about you in our intro. So we know that you and your husband lead the union movement. You've been pastors at a church, um, but the revelation of your very, uh, how do I say it? the multiplication of your family over the years is amazing to me. Lots and lots of boys share with our listeners a little bit about your family, like day-to-day life. What does that look like and who's part of it? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So uh, yeah, my husband and I, we've been married for um, coming up 15 years and we always knew that we wanted children. Not, I would say not always, but as long as we were together, we knew like when we were dating and engaged, Uh, And so we ended up, we were like, when we get married, like, let's just start having kids. Let's go for it. And so we did, we found out we were pregnant three months after we got married and we, and then we found out it was twins. So right out of the gate, we just, we just dove into the deep end of children. Uh, And then uh, 18 months later, had another son. uh, And then it was just over two years, another son, just another two years, another son. And then um, 
in 2020, we joined, we added what I sometimes call the encore, which was <laughs> our littlest now he's two years old. And so, um, yeah, so we have six sons, which is statistically very rare. Uh, I always loved the idea of having sons because I always find boys to be fascinating and hilarious. And I always thought like Calvin and Hobbes is funny, you know, like the little Calvin, like how he's so imaginative and a little bit sassy. I was like, it's just so funny. And then when you start having them in your house, you're like, oh, and now I get why the mom maybe had a frown or a scowl on her face. <laughs> um, anyway, so, so in that way, I'm kind of living the dream, our dream. And uh, yeah, so day to day in our, in our life, we have done different various education over the years of like, you know, one or two kids go to school, three were in school last year. Uh, but th- this year we're back to all of us homeschooling again. And so, uh, yeah, now, you know, at the time of this recording, school's only been in for a few weeks and it's a little bit of a, you know, it's a schedule shock to me. And so, um, but it, it actually is really rich and wonderful. I love getting to learn alongside of them. And so, you know, last week we're reading a doing like this geography unit and I'm finally learn how to always find the North star. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Big Dipper, follow the two stars. There it is. You know, so it, it's really fun to get to like stand beside them in education. I say really fun, but I also am like by lunchtime every day, I am breathing deeply in the kitchen and asking the Holy spirit for help. So it's not just all, um, it's not easy but it's worth it. And maybe is what I would say. Yeah. I mean, that in and of itself is all the things. I mean, that's a complete life, a full life right there. Six Mm -hmm. boys. I mean, bathing them, feeding them, (laughs) teaching them, educating them, running the house, but there's more, there's more uh, to what Bonnie um, has her hand raised uh, to say yes to. So talk a little bit about what's more. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. So the the more the other the other big piece for me is a message, really around. I mean, it's about wholeness and about wholeness specifically in the area of sexuality. So, and what that would look like for the church to be a place where uh, messages of hope and redemption are spoken, but also mes- messages that bring um, alignment and boundaries so that young people can thrive not a morality of human like behavior modification or striving or um, the brokenness of the purity culture that we saw you know in the 90s and early 2000s not uh, not a shame-based purity but where people actually I don't know where men look in the mirror and they see someone they respect and where women know that they are valuable, not just for how they can perform in a bedroom, but for who they are, you know, at the youngest age, um, all the way to when they're wrinkled and gray and they feel like their beauty has faded, that they are still honored and cherished. And um, so it's, it's a message of, I mean, in that way, it's integrated into our, into our family desire to raise young men if we had daughters to raise young women it's uh yeah in our culture today it's not easy uh but 
that's the, that's the message. And so my husband and I both have a similar passion, desire to help people and help leaders, church leaders feel confident in these places. And if they've experienced wounding that they would find wholeness and, uh, but then that they would be able to raise their voice with courage and compassion and speak a message that would give people a chance to respond to the Holy spirit and find healing. So, so that's the message. So what that looks like is we've uh, created a, a, a ministry called the union movement, and we are actively creating resources and speaking at events. And the desire is to lean into the more the training side of things to start multiplying the voice of people willing to talk about it. So it's big, um, but m- kind of merging those two things can be definitely a challenge. And, you know, for me, that means like our schedule is constantly evolving between my husband and I of like, okay, what do the kids need? What does your schedule need? So right now our current layout is that Monday afternoons, Tuesday afternoons, I dedicate to like online stuff, like, you know, website development and social media and writing and contacting people. Um, yeah. So that's the time I like is blocked out to work on union movement stuff. And then through the week, it's like just, you know, pa- piecing it together. And especially now that school has started again, my, my schedule has tightened. Uh, but I do, I don't know. I just feel, I feel such a call to both things that I'm it's, it's a matter of how do I do this? Not if I should. Right. And, uh, yeah. You know, that's wisdom right there. I mean, all of it, but the, um, if you have the why, you know, the how will come. And so, so many women are struggling with like, should I, can I, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's too much. I don't think I can, but that, that if I'm called to it, mm-hmm. you know, there will be a way to do it without mm-hmm. the guilt that comes with it. So mm-hmm. you pointed to one way that you can, structure it to make all the things work so you said like a schedule like you set the schedule um how rigid is it how much you know because kids are kids I mean life is life so so how does that work how often do you revisit how you've you've set the structure to enable you to raise a family and launch be pioneers in a ministry sending a message into the world in a culture that is not readily um (laughs) Um, geared to accept what you were talking about in terms of sexual health and relational health. So, yeah. So how does this work? Good question. So, um, I mean, even when we first started, maybe it was like the spring of 2019 or so, I remember going out for my husband and I went out for a lunch with a friend and he just asked like, what's your goal, you know, with the union, like, what's your hope? Yeah. Maybe he even said by the end of the year or something. And, uh, and we hadn't really formulated like, okay, what's the end goal, you know, of, for the ministry, but both of us, like what came out of our hearts was like, our goal is that at the end of all this, we will be able to hold on to all the things that we call valuable and not all the lose things. those, yeah, and all not lose those things. And so, and so our, our children are one of our top priorities because mm-hmm. that's our like we are called to them. And so I think of in 
first Corinthians seven, where Paul's talking about like that wrestle between, should I be single? Should I be married? And I think, I mean, definitely he's like, man, singleness is awesome, which is just not something you hear often, but he, and he, in it, he kind of gives you like a, a taste of what it is to be married with children and wanting to serve the Lord. And he talks about the wrestle that you are going to feel almost, I think he said torn even like between these two things. And so we are living with that constant tension. I remember years ago, kind of in a busy season or kind of saying again to the Lord, do you, I was involved with like a kind of like a leadership development school within our church for young people. And I was feeling kind of like guilt, you know, the mom guilt, should I be doing this? And I felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me. It was like a, a promise slash command. And he said, your children will not suffer. Mm. It was so kind of like, you do what I call you to do and your children will not suffer. But then also like a, don't let your children suffer for this. Like watch over them mm-hmm. and make sure like, so if they're struggling with something that like they get priority. So, so how does that look through, you know, practically, I would say, you know, September 13th was our second youngest birthday. And that's the day, like we're supposed, we're supposed to be doing union work, but we're like, I think we need to take them swimming and, you know, have poutine for lunch. And that's just going to take priority. So I'm just going to have to stay up a little later or just say that I'll have to wait till next week, you know? So, um, cause at the, yeah, at the end of it all, we want our children to be glad that we followed the calling of God mm-hmm. for our lives. And, you know, there's stories in history of missionaries or different ministers who like gave everything for the kingdom, but yeah. then didn't see their children. Yeah. You know, and I just, I just don't, I just can't do that. So yeah. Yeah. I think we are always after this word balance, but Mm -hmm. that could be just a cultural myth that maybe, you know, of whatever works for you, what, what works for you. And I often find, you know, women who are trying to wrestle this to the ground, think it's an all or nothing. So it's either I'm full-time home with my kids, you know, this is my call. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe sometimes not realizing that in the long game, the kids are gone at some point, Mm -hmm. you know, and those years, it's interesting what happens when that, what that space is created, but all, or it's, well, this is my call. So, you know, my kid, my family has, has to understand. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was wanting to go back and do my master's, I kept signing up for classes and I was doing a lot of other things, but I really wanted this. And my husband would basically say, so does that allow you, if you go to Dallas Theological Seminary, to pick up the kids from school? And I'm going, no. So maybe it's not the right season. But yeah. somewhere in the middle, you can find a space. But, and it sounds like you found it. I mean, raising these amazing boys, which really are part of your ministry, because you're raising them to be whole and mm-hmm. um, healthy, um, integrated. But what has to give? You know, Mm -hmm. when you realize that they are a priority, but this ministry is a call and it's also a priority, Mm -hmm. what has to give? Hmm. That's a good question. I think that maybe is different for each season or each 
each woman. I think um, John Acuff has a book called Finish, which I read years ago. And so I can't, I'm like, I can't narrate back to you all the lessons in there. But one that was very helpful for me was he just said, in some seasons, you just have to bomb something, you know, like just let it go, you know? So for, and that eliminated so much um, guilt and weight off my husband and I, cause our, we are not gardeners and our <laughs> garden looks like it, you know? And, and so I'm like, if I can get out to the garden and like weed it a few times in the summer, I'm winning. Like, that's all, you know, I just, I'm like, I love, it's beautiful when I can see other people have a beautiful garden. That's just, uh, that's the thing that we have to let go. It's going to bomb because, yeah. you know, and the garage looks pretty rough, you know, and um, I don't know. I find in seasons where it's very like, there's just a lot of tasks to do. Then I am learning to like, with the help of Holy, the Holy spirit, be like, what, what can come off this list this week was right. actually not important. Oh, you know what? I actually don't need to, um, yeah. this is kind of a, in a joke between my husband and I, I don't need to make the muffins. There was this, there was this one morning when I was maybe like 25 or something and, you know, a bunch of little kids. And, uh, and it was like, I woke up early one Sunday morning and I was like, you know what? I could make muffins before church. And that'd be so great. And such a kind gift to my family. So then I like got up and quickly I'm doing it. And then it's like, you know, the kids start waking up and then there's more things to do. And, and literally we're like, we're going to be late for church now. And the muffins are still in the oven and we're like eating burning hot banana muffins or whatever it was. And my husband was like muffins, like today, that's what we thought. So sometimes if Bonnie's making muffins, it's like, Hey, just take that off your list. Like you don't need to do that. So, I mean, I'm in a spot right now. I'm like, I do know for longevity, I actually should find a way to bring working out more into my, Mm -hmm. into my Mm -hmm. life, you know, but maybe on the week, you know, this weekend, I'm going to go on a hike. So I'm like, it's still a value. So instead of it being priorities of like, I have to do it all the time, Mm -hmm. trying to think of it more like values. What do you want to do? What's, what's important and you value it. So just do your best to remember, you know, maybe write them down. I write all the time. I'm journaling all the time and asking for the, you know, the spirit of God to help me remember all the things I value, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. I know when I coach, we, we go to values as the first thing, cause they are the driver and you can have competing values like family and faith mm-hmm. and ministry. I mean, so to be able to say, um, if they are all a high value, you know, where do you place them in your week and <clears throat> ensuring everything gets its time. It's when this other stuff comes up, like the muffin making, what is that about? Is that something about you still have something to prove? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think also as women, and this is something I don't think gets enough um, airtime. I think as women, we are as created in the image of God. We have this incredible desire to make spaces better and to, it can be definitely linked to identity of like, I need people to know that I make places better, but I think there is this nurturing, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take this space. I'm going to take mm-hmm. these ingredients and, and just like, you'll be amazed and you'll be blessed by it. And I actually yeah. see that in the temptation of Eve of she's like, it's good for food. It's right. nice to look at. 
Like, why wouldn't we put that into our, into our life? Right. Um, and so I think it's the feminine nature, not, um, maybe not submitted or not like balanced with restfulness or the not striving, which I, I see in women a lot. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. push ourselves, um, which is, can be dangerous. I want something you said earlier. I wonder if we can come back to, or like, if Mm -hmm. I could say something about, about the, um, you know, the either people feeling like, I mean, you could feel on one side, you could feel like I am just a mom, Mm -hmm. you know, there's like, there could be pressure of like, what all I do is just like raise these little people or, um, you know, take care of the house. And there's almost this pressure, like, go, go do something else. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also there can be this pressure of like, what you, you do something other than just be a mom. Like, it's funny how the pressure comes on both sides. And I think each individual woman, I know from my own, my own life, like you're going to have to wrestle that out and submit it to the spirit of God. I remember when I, when I was at a time, I think it was maybe when our oldest, I maybe had four at home. Maybe it was just the three, but I remember thinking if I put all my eggs in the basket of motherhood, if I fail, it'll be more obvious. Yeah. And I think that sometimes as women, we're afraid of our children's failure and failure. What does that mean? I don't know. It not looking the way we thought it would, them not um, holding to all our values the way we hope they will. Um, If I fail and all my eggs are in that basket, everyone will know that I was trying really hard and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So I remember thinking I should divide up my efforts so that at least I could succeed in one area. So I don't, I never heard anyone else ever talk about that before, but I think that's a reality in some women's mm-hmm. hearts. So wherever you're at, um, I don't know, it's just worth talk, maybe praying about talking to God about and seeing, like you said before about seasons, that there might be some seasons where you're like, all the eggs need to be in this basket right now. Yeah. And then to believe that there are decades ahead well in this season of the podcast I know so much has changed for me in my personal life and in the life of our ministry here at gather and so many things have really been transformed before our very eyes you know the word transformation can feel like a bit of a buzzword these days what does transformation look like One place transformation is so evident is in the stories of former Compassion-sponsored children, graduates or alumni of the Compassion program who now, as adults, are telling their stories of how sponsorship impacted them. Rhea, originally from the Philippines, has this impactful line, knowing someone cares for you, it changes you. Knowing someone cares for you, it changes you. Rhea's story powerfully highlights how being sponsored built Christ-like confidence in her that empowered her to take hold of a future free from poverty. And today, she's a passionate advocate for kids and sponsors a child of her own from the same community where she grew up. Martin, who grew up in Uganda, 
shares that compassion planted the seed of servant leadership in him. Today, that's blossoming as he works in the community and social development sector in Northern Alberta. And when asked how sponsorship impacted him, Martin states, I always knew someone had my back. Child sponsorship transforms lives. And you can find Martin and Ria's full stories and learn more about child sponsorship at compassion.ca slash if dash only. I encourage you to go there, read these stories. I know that as a compassion sponsor myself with several children, I can attest to the transformation that I see in their lives. And as well, I'm transformed because I know I'm investing in something that will have eternal impact. Join us on this journey to transformation. Become a child sponsor at compassion.ca slash if dash only. You know, now I, my little, you know, my twins, my little babies are almost 14 and I'm going, whoa, 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 grade nine. Like what? That means, and they're talking, you know, like how old do people usually move out? And I'm like, wait, you take your time. Like, you know, no rush, but sometimes this, you know, at this age, and I'm thinking, here we go all already. Like, and that's maybe, you know, I started quite young. So then I, I'm still like, I got a lot of years ahead of me to divide my eggs into other baskets, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I just wanted to make yeah, a note of that. So helpful. I think the why the motivator is so help, helpful to know if you are uh, choosing all of the things because of fear that one is not enough. Yeah. You know, that you don't want one to define you, like if your kids aren't successful. Um, so I have to do this. I remember when my youngest Helena was born, who's now going to be getting married. It's hard to believe, but I I started the choir at church like that week. She was like she three was days, born. three oh days old. Because I thought, oh no, like I still need the other. And the motivation was definitely not correct. Mm. And I remember now, um, you know, was that a call or was just that a drive to me that I could do it like I can do more than yeah. this and I think yeah to know the vote the motivation because sometimes if you do say yes and it is the definite definite voice of God asking you yeah. and you go what now like this is crazy you know I just had a child mm-hmm. or I've got six children mm-hmm. but you know that you know that you know you know it's a yes to God there will be the give and take, there will be the sacrifices. I remember staying up, you know, half the night writing musical scores and, you know, even doing my master's, doing my papers, but it, when it was a strong choice, I made it work and I wasn't a victim, like trying to prove myself. And so how do you, you know, speak into that, like Mm. kind of going back to when things are hard in the pew household, when Mm. you realize you have a week, let's say the boys are sick, you know, yeah. stuff happens, um, you need to do more for the ministry, or you're called out to speak. Um, what is the message that you remind yourself of in those moments, versus yeah. just wanting to quit and walk away? Yeah. Well, I mean, two angles on that, I think. One is, I think my, my personality, I realized can have a tendency to Mm -hmm. self-pity. And so there was this one occasion where I was, 
I don't need to get into details of the situation, but I was very sick and a friend came to visit me and saw me and how sick I was. This was about, I guess, eight years ago now. And uh, at one point I had to leave the room, whatever. Um, and she was praying and like, God, how do I help my friend? And God, <laughs> she felt God say to her, don't pity her. Pity will mm -hmm. only weaken her. Wow. And so she has a prophetic edge. And so when I came in, you know, she's very, she's also very gentle, but she kind of shared with me what the Lord had said to her, pity will only weaken you. And I grabbed that. It was act that was actually the lifeline that got me through that season of suffering. Like self-pity will only weaken me. It's the same as like the people of Israel mm -hmm. who complained in the desert. And that word complaining in the original language has to do with um, like almost like driving the stakes of your tent into the ground. So it's like the thing mm -hmm. that you don't want and you start complaining and self-pity and do that gross internal like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> poor me, poor me, is literally you're like, I'm going to set up camp right here. Instead of saying, actually, I'd love to move on, you know, <laughs> I'd love to get out of here. And so I think that uh, as women, we can do that. We, maybe it's in a, like a passive aggressive way to handle the stress and the extra mm -hmm. load on ourselves is we will turn to pity instead of yeah. to like assertiveness of saying, I'm going to need help or I can't do it all. Or I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now. And like an honest um, assessment of ourselves. So self-pity and then like, just do your best. <laughs> Don't go down that road. Don't drive the stakes into the ground. Yeah. And, uh, and then also just remembering why you started in the first mm -hmm. place and, and make adjustments, you know, be, we need to be gracious with ourselves and in a week that is, is too much. I, you know, mm -hmm. I can't, I actually can't do this. I'm going to call and cancel that thing. I'm yeah. going to call and ask for help. Those, yes. those ones are hard. Those are both yes. really hard for me, but, but you get pushed. If you're like, if your plates are full and you, and then you run into something like that, you actually realize I have to do this. You know, I will long-term, I can't sustain mm -hmm. not asking for help and yeah. not just canceling and saying, I'm so sorry and relying on the grace of others. Um, yeah. So saying those and, and then remembering why you started. And so, uh, you know, I, yeah. What else? Yeah. Such good wisdom. I know in a lot of these conversations, we talk about the, the inability to ask for help because we feel like it is a sign of weakness. Nobody mm -hmm. reaches out like we, mm -hmm. we can do it, we can do it, we can do it. And mm -hmm. then you get to a point where you can't do it. And I always think it's wise to have contingency plans, like no plan is foolproof. There's always, you know, God had not a wow. contingency plan. I mean, for God, it was always his purpose, but like the garden did not turn out so well. So mm. Jesus, right. And not that Jesus was in the background. Oh, I'll step in because I think he was always there, but you know, how wise is it to do what you've said to say, you know, I need to allow for the fact that some weeks, everything will break or, <sighs> you know, but the yeah. contingency doesn't carry shame that, Oh, yeah. I need to cancel that because people do it all the time. I mean, right. Justin Bieber got sick. He can't finish his tour. He cancels. Totally. And yeah. And I think maybe the focus on what other people think of us mm -hmm. keeps us from feeling that we do have 
more options. There are always more options. Yeah. Yeah. What you said there of like feeling, fearing that people, people will see us as weak. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, I think I understand like some of the like optimistic self-talk of just like, mm-hmm. I am strong. And I, you know, she, she dreamed it. So she did it. Oh, you know, no. like, it's like on the mugs and on the journal. Like, oh, I've, I've written cards to people like that all the time. <laughs> like, and you're, and it's like, it's good because in some ways there's, you know, yeah. there's women who are like, like everything's impossible and I could never try and I'm worthless. And so you're trying to bring balance, but at the same time, I'm like, Hey, like we are weak. Yeah. <laughs> like we are, like we are made of dust and we have limitations. And so, and that was another big learning curve a few years ago where I just, I realized that I was trying to exalt myself to a place of divinity. And I know mm-hmm. I have the image of, like, I carry the image of God mm-hmm. and I have the spirit of God within me. So I can do far more than I, like, than I could without him. But also the Lord has seen it right that I get 24 hours a day and yeah. that I only dwell in one place at a time. He has said, Bonnie, like you just get, you be the human, I'll be God. And so it kind of started to shift from me just trying, like I just was finding myself saying, I wish I could be in two places at once. Mm. Oh man, if I could just push myself a little harder. But mm. it's like, God was saying, I think he was trying to shift me out of my own personal like efforts and into more just like on my knees. Mm-hmm. God, could you do this for me? You know, and and how embarrassing that I've been following Jesus for so long and yet how little I pray mm-hmm. and how little I ask God to just do things. Yeah. Kind of like I'll never get there. So that's, I mean, right there, it's even the continuation of that conversation of asking for help, Yeah. right? Instead of like, God, help me do this. What if I just said, God, could you like, could you do this for me? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's a, I'm like, it's an act of humility. It's an act of worship mm-hmm. of saying, I, I can't, you know, so yeah. I'm going to actually take this, what I just said. And I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to apply that today because this week yeah. there's a lot going on last night I was like I feel overwhelmed oh Jesus help me do it it's like maybe I need to yeah shift put more onto his shoulders right yeah I mean I can't is a powerful statement my seasons have changed a lot especially in the uh, years following the pandemic which is now but even when I get to like six or seven at night um Mm. I just go okay I'm done I used to just start like ramping up at that time yeah and I'm going no I can't yeah and I won't. And it's interesting to say that and make it happen. The challenge for me is always with my Enneagram three and four is comparison. And sure. I feel like, you know, other people are doing so much or other people are not doing enough. Where do I fit in? Mm-hmm. And one example is that my whole family is on Strava, the fitness app. And Ooh. I call myself the sloth because I try and do 5k a day of a walk. But my Whoa. son just ran a hundred K and I'm going, Oh my goodness. And my husband's a stand up paddleboard. And I'm like, I'm the sloth, but I met a friend at a wedding and she goes, Kathy, like, I don't know how you do it all. I feel like such 
a lazy woman compared to you. And I'm going, really? Like I do nothing. I, I don't feel mm. like I do anything. So this sense of we have to fit ourselves into somebody doing more, somebody doing less, does that ever figure into what you're doing? Or are you so focused on, nope, this is me. This is my unique life. I don't worry about that. Yeah, that's, that is powerful. Like the concept of comparison, honestly, way to like tackle all these topics. Cause these are ones that there's, it's like, they're small, but they yeah. offer occupy so much of people's mental space yeah. and it actually like saps again, it's another energy sucker, right? The yeah. self self-pity weakens you comparison weakens you. Yeah. Um, I definitely go I definitely go through seasons of it and I almost feel like there's times where I, if I'm starting to deal with comparison a lot, insecurity, then I go, this, this is enemy warfare. This is actually trying to trip me up really badly. And so yes, comparison. Um, well, it says in James, the book of James, I'm trying to think of it where it says like jealousy and comparison is kind of tied in it it actually mm-hmm. opens the door to every evil thing, yeah. you know? And uh, because it it is like stepping outside of our identity, our, like what God has given yeah. to us and it gets us into a place of striving. And I'm like thinking of the John Mark Comer of the ruthless elimination of hurry and um, the quote, you know, by Corey Ten Boom of God can't make you, or if the enemy can't, make you oh shoot I'm gonna I'm like I can't remember the word (laughs) something like if God if the enemy can't make you sinful he will make you busy Mm -hmm. you know and so that sense of striving again so um I remember as a I was maybe like 17 or 18 when I started going to the gym and before that I was a fairly confident young woman kind of confident you know it wasn't a huge deal and I would start going to the gym which is where it's like now I should be feeling more confident in myself but I actually started feeling my insecurities rise and uh I was just telling one of my sons this story the other day so it comes to my mind quickly and I was like what's going on like here I am my body is getting more fit and I am becoming more insecure Mm -hmm. and then it felt like the Lord highlighted it to me like stop reading the fitness magazines when you're on the elliptical mm. or the treadmill because you are like and I realized I was comparing like all the you know it's like oh I'm just getting inspiration or I'm getting yeah. you know workout tips or whatever but really I was also staring at all these bodies who were professionally yeah. like doing what they're doing and I was like I don't measure up I I can never get my body to look like that you know and so I just stopped doing it. And my confidence level boosted almost immediately, you know? And so I think of that when I start to deal with comparison. So probably like the Instagram scroll, you Mm -hmm. know, the, like, how does that mother keep her kitchen so beautiful? How does she have time to, you know, oh, that centerpiece is so beautiful for autumn or (laughs) like, man, they, they are killing it in the social media field, you know, with, when it comes to ministry, I'm like, man, I can like barely get a few posts up a week, you know, and just, I don't know, like, yeah, we can't, I can't do it all. And can't. yeah, and maybe other people will look at me and say, how does she do that? How does she do this? And I'm like, well, I'm probably not killing it in that area the way you are. And yeah. You know, and yeah. yeah, maybe that's the, 
like first Corinthians, where it talks about the parts of the body. Maybe we're all just supposed to be doing different things and you do yeah. what you're supposed to do and do it to the glory of God. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You're not doing all the things that everyone else is doing, but you're doing all the things that clearly you are called to do and your focus is ahead. Right. And you do have to have those blinders sometimes, the boundaries, but the appropriate ones, right? Right. The appropriate ones. And I think you model um, the modern day woman, um, yeah. but in the healthiest way, mm. the wrestling, it's hard. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how much sleep you're able to get. I guess that's a question. Do you get yeah. enough sleep? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing okay now. Our okay. last baby was our worst sleeper. And so okay. even this morning I got up, I didn't sleep great last night and I was coming to the office, you know, to set up the computer. And I was like, but you know, this is better than it was two years ago. <laughs> there you go. So I was like, we can get through today. No problem. There you go. I love that you're a model for so many in this generation and the next making different choices than my generation um, felt that we had and being able to have healthy ears to listen to, you know, the messages that can come your way saying, oh, you're doing too much or, you know, you've got a family, why are you doing? And just to say, but no, this is what, these are all the things I'm called to do. And yeah. so Thank you for doing that. Uh, your ministry is powerful. Uh, before we are closing kind of this conversation right now, knowing that there's so many conversations that have been seeded in this one that we need to come back to, but I'm wondering if you have just a final parting word of wisdom to a woman who has a strong call um, to say yes to something God has placed on their heart, mm. but they're wrestling as well with, should I, can I, mm -hmm. um, you know, any, anything that you could say that might be an encouragement? Yeah. I mean, from my experience, what, what it was like for me is that I had a great desire before, long before it came into the light or into, into something visible. And so I am, I think the Lord does that mm -hmm. or he will you'll start to get uncomfortable. I actually liken it mm. to a pregnancy where you have something kind of growing within you that no one else can really see. And it feels small and you wonder what it might become one day. Mm. And then it's, it starts to shift the way you walk and the way you, mm. you have to change your life in order to make space for it and cultivate it. And, um, and then you, and then I think you start to feel like, I'm going to burst. Like, mm -hmm. I cannot keep this on the inside of me one more day. I am mm -hmm. called to something. I have this image of what it might become, even though I haven't seen its face yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, I felt like I was pregnant for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think God does that. And I've seen this in other people's lives, uh, this pattern of where it's almost like where the, pr the internal pressure of, I must do this. Mm -hmm overcomes the external pressure, whether it be from, you know, the kingdom of darkness or from people's mm -hmm. negativity or from your own inabilities or obstacles where it's like, I would rather deal with this on the outside than on the inside. I can't keep it in anymore. You know? And so there's this, yeah. this quote I was sharing with a friend the other day, uh, Lou Engel said, um, God will not tie your heart to a dead end dream. I just had that on the wallpaper of my phone for a long time. Yeah. Cause I was like, God, I just want to, 
I want to help somehow, you know, a young generation, you know, addicted and confused and um, feeling so lost in their identity and um, one broken relationship to another, like help. I want to help somehow. And just to be like, God want God seeded that, you know? Mm -hmm. So for the woman who's just waiting, um, you don't want a premature birth, Mm -hmm. right? As difficult as it is to carry, it will be healthier if you just wait till the time comes and then you'll know your body will say, or your spirit will say, push now, now is the time. So that's a beautiful metaphor. I think we can all relate to that. Um, my, my biggest concern for women is that in these years where they are busy at home, kids are, you know, always around and needing something is that you start to think about the future and what God might be asking you to build mm-hmm. as you are in this time, you know, two parallel paths. Yes. Folk totally focused on this time at home, but rather than waking up one day when the kids are gone and going, yeah, what happened to me? Mm-hmm. And so that would be the encouragement. I think you're modeling something beautiful. And boss camp said the same thing. I heard her, you know, just sharing with her children, this call that she had on her life. Uh, for ministry outside the home and um, of course she's a homeschooler and and that was such an encouragement as well that we can do all the things but all the things that God has kind of given us to keep in our womb until it's time to yeah yeah for us. so that's beautiful oh, so for that's those good. listening those who don't know you everybody should know you um, how can how can we find you how can women find you more about Bonnie Pugh more about the union movement where's the best place to track you down yeah, uh, our website is www.theunionmovement.com. Uh, our Instagram handle is the same, the, the Union Movement. And then my personal account where I more lean into motherhood and being female and trying to serve the Lord in those ways um, is just Bonnie Pew at Bonnie Pew. So, um, and if you want to reach out, you know, Bonnie at the Union Movement, I'm happy to, you know, have conversation with people, meet people. So that's how people can find us. Yeah, that's amazing. And you are going to be with us at Gather Rise in November in Calgary. I'm so excited that your voice will be heard for all those who come. So hopefully all of you listeners will join us there. Bonnie, it's been a joy. I learn so much every time I talk to you. You're a well of wisdom, but you're also very real. And 6.30 in the morning, well done. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Well, Kathy, I appreciate all you're doing. Always, you know, ever since I met you, I can see that you are, you're given your strength to strengthen other women. And I, it is, it has impacted my life dramatically, the connections you've made for me and um, just the encouragement you've given to me, you seeing me, right? When I'm barely seeing myself, like what's mm. going on. So appreciate, yeah. appreciate all you're doing for Canada. Yeah. It's a privilege. Thanks, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gather Influence podcast and leaning into the stories of ordinary yet extraordinary women doing all the things as they live and lead with kingdom purpose across our nation. We are deeply grateful to our season seven sponsorship partner, Compassion Canada, and encourage you to not miss the opportunity to reach out and sponsor a child and release a child from poverty in Jesus' name. You can find out more by checking out compassion.ca slash if 
dash only. And keep tracking with us on social at Gather Women, on our website at gatherwomen.com, where you will find all the show notes for this season, our exciting programs to connect, equip, and mobilize women across Canada, and to register for Gather Rise Genesis taking place February 4th, 2023 in Calgary, Alberta. This week, we trust you will rise in purpose and influence your world. We're here to serve you and believe in you. Until next time, God bless.